For someone who calls himself an international headliner Gabriel Rutledge spends a lot of time performing in rural Oregon. He will be in Cave Junction. May 12th. Also Grants Pass. May 13th and 14th. Shelton, Washington. May 21st, and Reno May 26th to 28th. Don't worry, he heads back to a bunch of shitty Oregon towns a week after that. For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. Back in Kia Rio Studios for whatever the hell this is. My check engine light is on. I'm going to pretend like it's the on-air light. Actually, I don't need to, according to my mechanic, I don't need to check my engine. I just need to replace a wire or something that would make my check engine light stop going on. But, I mean, why do that? I mean, isn't that a little too meta? That your check engine light comes on to let you know your check engine light isn't working? I just started a 3 hour 52 minute drive uh, from Newport, Oregon to Olympia, Washington. Usually my uh, drive home after the show range is uh, about 3 hours. Like if it's more than 3 hours I don't come home after the show because you know it's late, it's nighttime, I'm old. but. First of all, there is no hotel. So why would I have to pay for that? Also, it's Mother's Day tomorrow. And so, uh, I don't know. I want to be there when the day starts. Not that anything exciting is really going to happen. Uh, it's not like, oh, I need to be there uh, to organize the mariachi band that I bought for Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, sweetie. Or should I say, Madre. (laughs) So I'm going home. I didn't get a hotel room the night before either. uh, But I did get a hotel because I was in... uh, Wilhelmina. Not Willamette. I thought it was Willamette. It's Wilhelmina, Oregon. Uh, and I don't know, to drive home and all the way back, I probably would have saved 50 bucks, but gas is expensive, so I probably would have saved 50 bucks by not getting a hotel room, but I got one anyway. But then the booker goes, oh, are you staying in a hotel? And I said, yeah. And then I don't, do you ever lie for like no reason? That's the most confusing part about some of the things I lie about for no reason. Like, I would understand if it was a big lie. If someone said, how big is your penis? And I was like, I don't know, 9, 10 inches? That's a lie that makes sense. 
you know, it would make sense that I wanted people to think I had a 9 or 10 inch penis instead of the truth, which is I'm a freak who has a foot long one and I don't want people, oh, comedy jokes. It would make sense to lie about that. It would make sense to be like a braggadocious lie, although it's not good, it at least logically makes sense why you would do that. But this is the kind of lying I do. The booker for the show goes, oh, did you get a hotel? And he's like, I can pay you a little bit for that. How much did your hotel cost? And I said, $90. The real answer? $100. Why, Rutledge? Why would you lie about something that stupid? Like, that would be embarrassing if he knows I paid $100 for a hotel room. I'll say 90 What the hell? I'm a lunatic. Well, I mean, as you know, this podcast is unofficially sponsored by AARP since I am a junior member. And I, uh, I booked the hotel room through the AARP ARP! website for the $100 days in that I got in Salem, Oregon. And then I was like, whoa, I wonder how much money I saved by doing that. And then I just did a random normal internet search. And the amount of money I saved was zero dollars. I could have got it for a hundred without entering my AARP number. I had booked a, a, a rental car that saved me $16. But that trip got canceled, so I had to cancel that rental car, which means uh, my $12 AARP membership has cost me $12. I received zero savings from it so far. Come on, AARP. If this keeps up, I will not keep sponsoring you for free. Or are you sponsoring me for free? One of the two. What a stupid lie. How much did that sandwich cost? Eight dollars? It was actually nine. I gotta start lying about more important shit. That's my goal. Or at least bigger lies. How much was my hotel room? Um, $475. That's how much it cost. must be a really nice day's end. It's spelled with a Z, so it must be good. Oh, rural Oregon, you never disappoint. My show in, uh, that I just, I'm driving away from right now in Newport was pretty uneventful until the end. Uh, I actually felt like I was too dirty sometimes. I got... <laughs> I'm not really used to that feeling in a, in a... You know, it's a bar in Newport, Oregon. And there was a few times I felt like the crowd was like, well, that's a little much. Which kind of surprised me. And then after the show, a few people say it, said they saw me on dry bar comedy. And I'm like, uh-oh. Maybe that's why they thought I was too dirty. Maybe because they saw me do clean comedy and they were surprised... I'm a full, rounded adult with some adult thoughts as well. 
At the very end, though, uh, a guy who I, I, I later learned, he claims at least his name is Moon. Uh, I was I was pitching my Northwest AF t-shirts that I pitch when I work in the Northwest. And uh, I don't know what he thought I was saying, but I don't know. It ended up weird. He actually approached the stage at one point to come talk to me. I was in Pakistan doing shows like four years ago. I was in Pakistan. Thank you for your service. You know what? I do provide a service as a comedian. <laughs> I actually didn't. I wasn't. In, I wasn't in the military. This feels like false bathwater, and it's not my fault. It's not my fault. I never said. I never. I never realized. How much you can fuck up someone's day by just randomly saying thank you for your service. <laughs> but I'm going to remember that. Next time I get a pizza delivered, I'm going to be like, thank you for your service. Woo! <laughs> 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 Thanks, Look, I did shows in Pakistan. They, they were for troops, but they weren't our troops. <laughs> i got to start reading the whole email. Seriously. <laughs> That was my bad. That was no, I'm kidding. There was no troops. I did shows in Pakistan. There were no no troops involved. No troops were harmed in this joke. I did not see that coming. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I have shirts that say "Thank you for your service." Um, this guy. This guy after a show in Pakistan, he came up to me, he goes, where are you from? I go, Seattle area. He was like, I thought so. You look Northwest as fuck. <laughs> That's what I have on my shirt, the PG version. Uh, it says Northwest AF. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, sir, if you want it to stand for Northwest Air Force, I have no problem with that. <laughs> We can do it later. <laughs> you don't need to buy it now unless you have cash. Great show, brother. I appreciate it. It's not done. Thank you. <laughs> Fly it one more time, I'll put it on my sailboat. You, you, you'll put it on your sailboat? Is that an expression or an actual sailboat we're talking about right now? Let's see what you got. Let's see. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on. It sounded vaguely threatening, but I think he's just wants me to go on his sailboat. I knew it would end this way. Whatever happened to Gabriel Rutledge sailboat? Boating accident? Kinda. Anyway, shirts are 20 bucks. For you, 15. I feel like giving you a deal all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> Come to me. What's that? Come on, baby, deliver. We got you. I appreciate. It. I'll be. I think I'm gonna be in the lobby with security. <laughs> it's a joke. There's no security.
You know what's funny is I'm not nervous at all, but you guys are, and you probably know him better. So that's making me a little nervous right now. I have other things for sale. Uh, I wrote a book. Sir, how do we feel about books? Uh, it's called Happiness Isn't Funny, True Stories of a Road Comic. Uh, it's like a year-long journal, kind of a memoir. You know, just one weird shit that happened, like, tonight I would write about it. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next book when Newport will be featured prominently. <laughs> Working title, Thank You for Your Service. <laughs> My night on a sailboat from hell. <laughs> What's your name, sir? Oh, come on. We've been through enough. And now you can't tell me your name? Mom! Moon! Moon. 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 That's what he told us. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> Good evening, all. I'm Mr. Moon. Okay. You know what? You want to be Moon? You're fucking Moon, bro. <laughs> Moon, sun, stars, I'm on your team, man. I want that known right now. Golden moon and fucking moon, so I'm gold. You know what? It's the fucking moon that I'm worried about. All those other moons I'm on board for. Fucking moon makes me a little nervous. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have done that prostate joke. I, wrote, I also wrote a book, I'm calling it a uh, children's book for adults. Now. <laughs> we have something in common, sir. <laughs> so it was a little odd. And like I said, I was never, he seemed like he liked me, but the crowd's response to him, like I said, the crowd's response to him being weird to me made me a little nervous. I'm like, do you guys know something about Moon? I don't know. Does he go moons over my hammy sometimes? Is this guy a little nutty? This guy been out to sea too long? Is the captain of this vessel floating away from the dock? You know what I mean? Uh, the night before, that show was just fucking bonkers from the, from the jump in uh, Wilhelmina. I couldn't even find... I mean, it's a tiny town, but... When I got to the place, I couldn't even find it. There's like a restaurant... There's a lounge, and then there's like some secret room in the back you have to walk through saloon doors to get to. I've been doing comedy a while. I don't think I've ever come through swinging saloon doors to do it. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there another comedian here so I can be like, this town's only got room for one of us? Hey, round of applause for uh, everyone who's been on this stage so far. Can we do that one more round of applause? I've, uh, I've been doing comedy a long time, but I, I'm going to say something I've never said before. Hello, Willamina! I said it the right way? I will admit I may not have thought it was pronounced that way till I got here. And then I realized you yell it like you're mad at your white trash daughter. And 
That's the proper pronunciation. <laughs> well, Nina, get your ass back in the house! Uh... Also, it was literally across the parking lot from a liquor store where, after the show, uh, we saw someone get a DUI test right in front of the liquor store. I'm sure the liquor store owner loved that. Yeah, please do the DUI test right in front of my business. Like, I'm going to stop by and get some beer. Oh, never mind. The cops are there. But it was pretty exciting when you're watching out the window. This guy was like walking the line. They made him walk like a, a parking spot line. And we were rooting for him. Because I, I was standing next to like two other people. And I go, hey, I think he's passing. He's not wobbling. He's walking the line. And he did pass. He did not get a DUI. And then he came back to the bar. Because I guess he'd been at the show. I didn't recognize him. But... He'd been at the show to a hero's welcome. He walked through the doors and was like, didn't get a DUI. And everyone's like, where to go? We really got one over on the man that night. Yeah, it ended up being the kind of night uh, where people just screamed the name of their town. <laughs> well, I did jokes. My birthday is December 26th, which is a shitty birthday. Oh, oh you guys took it harder than I did my whole childhood. We're fine. Everything's fine. December babies suck. Are you a December baby, sir? My daughter's a December Yep. Well, she sucks. It's not... It's not, it's not that she sucks, but you don't like the birthday. When's your birthday? Yeah, that ain't good. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's not like when you had sex nine months earlier, you're like, well, this is bad timing. <laughs> Although you should. You should mark off on the calendar. I'm pulling out for the next month. <laughs> How come they don't make that kind of calendar? <laughs> oh, shit. Is it pull up month? February. I'm sorry it's Black History Month. That, that did not work out very well. I don't think we should share those two things. I don't think it should be like it's Black History Month. Also, remember to pull out. There's a lot going on in February. But the point is, we're trying not to make Christmas babies. This show just took a weird turn. Uh, I would have enjoyed that little riff I did a lot more if I had seen a person not white in this town. That would have been more fun. I'm having fun, but I feel like I just started a meeting. I'm nervous right now. Everyone pointed at someone, by the way. Who are you? Oh, okay, hi. Welcome. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. I didn't... I didn't want to create a scenario where all the white people point at the one person who's not. Where I'm like, you're all white. Nope, right there. Right there. there she is. There are little fucks in February, right over there.
What, what's your ethnicity? You're Hawaiian. Yeah. <laughs> They're clapping like they never have asked, and I'm sorry. <laughs> You're like, I thought we were, she was gonna say Grant's pass. Why is Grant's pass getting food right now? Is it because they have a Walmart? Why are you? Because like, we go in and out of the liquor store quite a bit. <laughs> Thanks for coming in from home. Welcome! Aloha! How, how long have you been here? What's that? Oh, 12, 12 years. 12 years. Uh, that's, I mean, you're hiding from some shit in this town. <laughs> I don't know what went wrong, but I hope it worked out here for you. You went wrong, sir? Well, if the calendar said it's National Pullout Month, none of this would happen. And that's why I'm running for Congress. Vote for me in November. I just secured the Hawaiian vote. That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> All right, what the hell was I talking about? <laughs> December 26th, December 23rd. When's yours, sir? Mine, December 4th. December 4th. You know what? You're fine. Uh, <laughs> Here's what's hilarious. I did that math <laughs> about the pullout calendar. I did that math on stage. You, you may have picked up on this because you're smarter than me and the people in Wilhelmina. If you are going to have a baby around Christmas, you wouldn't get pregnant in February. It would be April. I was off by two months. No one noticed. No one was doing math that night. I thought, I don't know, on stage I was counting it out. I was like, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Yeah, December. That, that would be like 10 months. That's the wrong gestation period for a human mammal. But, you know, I mean, I did do a fair amount of material, but that's, you know, it's one of those shows where you're like, okay, this is the theme, <laughs> this is what's going to be happening, I'm just going to go for the ride. And so does the crowd, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I, but it's, you know, the crowd also goes, oh, it's going to be that kind of show. And then, you know, and then the dude who looks like Santa's like, I'm going to yell shit out. Penis owners in the room. <laughs> if you. Sir, you made it sad. 
the whole room's like, Santa doesn't fuck. <laughs> Once a year, yeah. At my birthday. You know what? You're right. I'm just gonna throw that every ten minutes so we don't forget where we are. <laughs> They got so mad when I brought up Portland, which is, I mean, that's the divide in this country. It's small town versus big town, rural versus urban. And it's so silly. I mean, Willamina is probably an hour and 10 minutes from Portland. Why are you acting like it's a foreign land? It's the place you go for supplies. And then after the show, I talked to like four people who moved to Willamina from Portland. You guys are all full of shit. <laughs> yeah, enjoy your will on mine. I will say I'm having a great time here because don't, I love a talent that yells their name out. That's how you know. That's how you know. That's how you know. You don't go to Portland and have people go fucking Portland. Woo! Very honest. All right, ease, guys. I brought jokes. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> Holy shit. Twelve years, Hawaii? You put up with this shit? Good lord. I am not bringing your opinion back to Portland with me. I don't live in Portland. I don't live in Portland. Later in, uh, later in the show, that same uh, Hawaiian lady, I was talking to her, and she... She told me uh, the name of her kid was Ocean. And jokingly, I said that's so weird because my kid is named River. And then come to find out uh, her kids are named. She has three kids, Ocean, River, and Lake. I mean, I was making a dumb joke, but she had lived it. Shirts are uh, 20 bucks. I can take a credit card. It doesn't have to be yours. Do I take? I have a square. Yes. I, 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 oh, we can do that too. I did not anticipate this breakdown in the conversation. Will you take a second party out of state check? Probably. Uh, I also. I wrote, I wrote a book. I have a, a book I'm calling a children's book for adults. <laughs> Is there pictures? Yes. I'm going to read you a page. I'll read you a page. Just to, just to give you an idea. I've never had a crowd go, are there pictures? You got a chance. Uh, this is inspired by my youngest daughter, this book. Oh, what's um, her name? It's not important. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what's your daughter's name? Or Ocean. Son? Ocean? Ocean Lee. This is going to be so weird. 
My daughter's name is River.
Uh, they lived on, Nirvana lived on Pear Street, right across from the lottery building that's still there. And uh, Dave was talking about how poor he was and how he went to the AMPM right next to his house every day and ate like, you know, it was like two corn dogs for a dollar and he ate that twice a day because he was poor. I mean, I was doing that too. Not because I was poor, but because I had shitty eating habits. Christy and I would go to that stupid AMPM all the time. I'd get like cheeseburgers that probably shouldn't legally be allowed to be called cheeseburgers. Christy would get those nachos with the giant cheese pump. We would eat that shit all the time. I mean, that's youth. If I ate all my meals at AM, PM for a day, um, I think I would require hospitalization at this point in my 48-year-old life. Not then. I mean, he was doing that a couple years before Christy and I did. Uh, he was doing that in like, I don't know, 90, 91? And Christy and I were probably more like 93, 94 when we were eating our corn dogs. But Forget partying when you're young. The shit you can eat when you're young. Like, what if we put nacho cheese on the corn dog? Fucking brilliant! It's interesting because it makes me, you know, Dave Grohl is a very successful person. You know, he was a drummer in one of the biggest bands ever, and then singer, songwriter of also one of the biggest bands ever. Uh, but it's weird. There's so many things. If you, if you, I, I've, I've listened to a lot of biographies and read a lot of biographies at this point. And there's always a point in a very successful person's biography where you just go, are you the luckiest asshole who's ever lived? Like, not that there's plenty of suffering. I mean, there's plenty of dead people uh, in Dave Grohl's book. And in fact, you know, this he wrote the book before uh, Taylor Hawkins died, who was his drummer, and he talks in the book about how good friends they are and, you know, that made it a little extra sad. I'm not saying Dave Grohl has had a blessed life. He had a tough life in some ways. Didn't get along with his dad. Uh, didn't have a lot of money growing up. Flunked out of high school. It's not that he was just born on third base and thought he hit a triple. I just mean the fortuitous life of, like... He loved punk rock music. He found out... There was a band called Scream who lived where he lived in the D.C., Virginia area. That band got rid of their drummer and needed a new one. He knew all their songs already. He got that gig. That gig ended. He got the Nirvana gig. And it's like, it's not, he's talented. He's a great drummer. He's a, you know, I'm not a massive Foo Fighters fan, but like, it's all... I'm not saying he's lucky, like he's not talented and hasn't worked hard, but like, I don't know who told me this, but I've repeated it many times like I thought of it. 
talking about successful people. Or you wonder how they did it. Or you ask the successful people how they did it. What we're really doing is asking lottery winners for advice. How'd you do it? How did you make this happen? And their answer is, I picked 5, 12, 9, 13, and 6, and it came in. Maybe you should try that. Of course, I mean, he worked hard. He was obsessed with music. He, you know, all that luck is where preparation meets opportunity stuff, I think is true. But I also think, I mean, I've had things, and I'm, I'm not spinning this like I'm unlucky. I'm somewhere in the middle. I've had some luck. I've had some unluck. But I've had moments where preparation met opportunity. And nothing happened. And I don't even mean I fucked up. I just mean nothing happened. When I, when I won the Laughing Skull Comedy Festival in 2017, yes, I'm talking about it again. I thought, this is what all the training's for. I'm in front of all these industry people, people who book TV shows, agents, managers. People who book The Tonight Show. This is where preparation will meet opportunity. And then I won the contest. And so I thought, well, that's the best case scenario of preparation meeting opportunity. And then I got one show that's on Amazon Prime called Inside Joke with Asif Ali. It's so buried on there, it has like two reviews and one of them's from my wife. I'm not, that's not a bitter thing. I'm not saying like, I'm glad I won. Of course it helped. I have a, I'm fine. I'm actually very okay with my comedy career most days. I wish we were high school sweethearts. When you hear about high school sweethearts. Are you? Oh yeah? When, 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 when was that? 2000. 2000. Oh, that seems recent to me. <laughs> what, uh, what like year of high school are you in when you got together? 98. I mean, like, freshman, sophomore. Uh, freshman. Freshman? Yeah. Holy shit. I was in eighth grade. You were in eighth grade. Wait, I got other jokes. Uh, <laughs> look, in, in, in context, freshman and eighth grade is not that bad. Out of context, how did you meet? I was in eighth grade. <laughs> does make me feel like that dude from Dateline NBC is about to come in <laughs> with a plate of cookies. Like, have a seat. <laughs> so you're like middle schoolers, huh? <laughs> Good for you. I'm glad, I'm glad it worked out. Uh, thank you. This rest of the room does not give a shit about you at all. I care. I care. Do you have any kids? None? Woo-hoo! Woo! Now they're excited for you. They don't care about your marriage, but they're like, good for you. You must have got one of those calendars. 
I just amused myself. It's allowed. Even driving home four hours to get home for Mother's Day. But. My point is, in everyone's life, especially if you're in the performing arts or any other kind of arts or you have these moments where you're kind of writing the story in your head and you're like oh this is going to be my coming of age performance or this is going to be when I look back I'm going to be like and after this night everything changed and guess what like most people I don't fucking have one of those everything I've done has mattered it's all baby steps that have led to uh, a very fulfilling if difficult life but I have never had in my music or comedy career I've never had and then Nirvana called me what I'm enjoying about Dave Grohl and I'm not all the way through the book is he seemed genuinely thrilled with every success level of his life. You know, when he was touring with the band Scream uh, around the country and then going home and working shitty jobs until the next tour, and he was excited. He was thrilled to be able to be doing it. There was no, like, career-minded life to that. There was... When he was in Nirvana and it was blowing up, he was excited to do it. He was aware of what was happening and how special it was. So I do, I do like that. Like I think if Dave Grohl hadn't been as talented and lucky, I think he still would have had a, a, a good life. And I, I know it's kind of weird to call a guy who lucky who was in one of the biggest bands of all time and his singer killed himself. That's obviously not lucky. But, and it's not lucky he made his own band that was very successful. In fact, I'm sure people thought it was a joke at first. Oh, the drummer from Nirvana is playing guitar and singing. That'll be good. That's the old drummer joke. What did the drummer say before he got kicked out of the band? Hey guys, I got some song ideas. Anyway, Dave Grohl's cool. There's worse people to look like. He also, I mean, you I'll say this about successful people or people even... I'll say, again, I'm probably in the middle, but like... Dave Grohl did a lot of things most people would not be willing to do. He was willing to put up with poverty and hardship and just uh, grueling punk rock touring for no money and sleeping on couches. And I mean, most people wouldn't do that for very long. 
And I identify with that a little bit. I mean, look what I'm doing right now. I'm driving four hours. I'm going to go home at two in the morning. A lot of people think I'm insane for doing that. They're like, you're you're going home? You're driving so far away? Like, things that I just take for granted as part of my job. And, like, a lot of people won't do that. There's a lot of sacrifice to being successful. And... Or not even successful, just being able to do the thing you want to do. There's a lot of sacrifice to do that. And uh, that's not luck. Even when uh, uh, part of the book Dave's talking about when he joined Nirvana, still had no money because they weren't that successful yet. And he was like, they were practicing every day they would drive to where they their band practiced in Tacoma from Olympia and they practiced every day and I'm like well shit my band never did that we never practiced every day and I think people could tell when we played you know we had jobs we had relationships we had I mean it was still like the maybe the most important thing in our life but we still didn't we didn't act like it was We never said, why aren't we spending every spare moment getting better at our instruments or making new songs? And I think any field, the people who make it to the next level do feel that way. But the stories that never get written are the about the people who also felt that way, and then it just didn't work out. And now they work at Home Depot or whatever. And that's not even... A sad story. It's just like, that's math. They didn't pick the right lottery numbers. I've seen it in comedy many times. The hardest working people in comedy are not necessarily the most successful, but it's part of it. Also, uh, when Dave Grohl got a $400 check, uh, it was like an advance when Nirvana got into management and stuff and he still lived in a shitty house on Pear Street across from the Washington State Lottery building in Olympia uh, with that $400 he bought a BB gun a Nintendo and got a tattoo and I'm like well that's <laughs> that sounds about right the same when I uh, I read Kirk, a book about Kurt Cobain called Heavier Than Heaven I think and I thought the same thing when I read that book Kurt sounds just like the guitar player for my band but you know more talented <laughs> it's also really weird to like In the book, I'm not finished with yet. Dave Grohl, he mentioned he got his heart broken in middle school uh, about a girl. But he, I mean, you know, he got to like age... The first time he mentioned a relationship with a woman in the book, he said, I had just gotten divorced. What? I never know you met someone, Dave. I'm trying to read your life story here. 
And now you're like, my marriage didn't work out, my first one. And then I felt like my wife, how she talks to people. Well, how'd you meet? Where'd you meet your ex-wife? What was that like? Where's she from? What'd she do for a living? Nothing. Just my first wife didn't work out. It's my uh, youngest daughter, Olive's, birthday today. Uh, I did a little uh, family FaceTime for her opening presents. Well, the housekeeping pounded on the door. I asked for the latest check I could get because I only had like an hour and a half drive. And, uh... I was told 11.30 instead of 11. I'm like, fine, I'll take it. But I don't know, there's no... They just tell you whatever. They never tell the staff. Whatever checkout... You, I don't remember where I was. I got a 3 p.m. checkout I was real excited about. Uh, last month sometime. And they just start pounding on the door at 11. And I have to tell them every 30 minutes, I have late checkout. I have late checkout. Then they call. Are you leaving? Are you staying to pay another day? I'm like, I have late checkout. You told me I had late checkout. I'm not trying to run a hotel. But I feel like when you get late checkout, they should give you, like, something to hang on the door that says late checkout. Leave me alone. Sucks to not be there on her birthday, but uh, I am there. For the family party for her birthday, which is, uh, not today. I would love to be there for everyone's days, but when comedy is your job and you start talking about how many days like that there are, you know, I'm not going to work Christmas, I'm not going to work Thanksgiving, uh, three kids' birthdays, my wife's birthday... Mother's Day. My wife goes out of town a time or two a year. Uh, you start adding up all those things and you're talking about 10 or 12 weeks of work that could be affected by all those days. And so the unfortunate reality is I just can't. You know, like next week, I'm not working on a Friday, and that's on purpose because I want to see uh, my daughter's play, my middle daughter's play, but that only worked out, I think I did say no to one show uh, that weekend, but that sometimes, I don't know when the plays are going to be, and by the time they get booked, I'm already going to be in Utah or somewhere else, so, you know, it worked out this time, but it's, it's very interesting, though. Because I was actually talking to another headlining comedian who has younger kids than me, and we were having we were we were having a conversation that there's not that many people on the planet that would identify with, but professional comedian who's married with children conversations. And I did tell him, <laughs> since his kids are younger, I'm like, I'll say this. 
My kids don't give a shit. I walk around with a low level of guilt. Always. Because of the things, the, the events I miss, the time I miss. Even though maybe if you did the math, I see my kids as much as a normal 9 to 5 dad would. It's just different hours. I know all that. But it still, it doesn't feel good. But my kids don't care. My daughter, Olive, didn't say one peep about, you're not going to be there on my birthday? Or you can only watch me open presents on FaceTime? She doesn't care. And that's not because she doesn't care about me. It's not like they don't care, like, who gives a shit about Dad. They just don't care. They see enough of me. And I have carried around more guilt than I needed to for most of my comedy life. You know who does care is my wife. And so I guess I have to keep that guilt. But it's much harder on her than it is my children. And on me. You know. Olive doesn't care I'm not there to watch her open presents, but I do. But they really don't, they don't, it's fine. I guess they see me enough, you know? They don't, I don't even remember a time, every once in a while, they'll be like, you're leaving again? If I just got home. Actually, my son gives me shit about it, which is kind of funny, because he doesn't... He's 19 now. He's almost 20. And he'll say things like, you're not going to be there on Olive's actual birthday? And I'll be like, Johnny, I wasn't there on your actual birthday a ton of times. He's like, you weren't? I'm like, no. I was there for the party. You know the ultimate luck is where preparation meets opportunity? Sperm. Sperm and egg defies all the odds. Anyway, you guys, the important thing is, is I, I got a hotel room for $80. So that's a pretty good deal. <laughs>